And let me just say that Windows 10 runs like ass in a VM. Yeah. Just awful. Like, just moving the cursor around, I have to, like... You know, you ever, like, try to use, like, a joystick to control the mouse? <laughs> no, but I can imagine. It's like one of those roller balls. Yeah, but, like, the sensitivity is way too high. Ah. And there's a lag. <laughs> so, like, you'll you'll move the mouse and you'll just be, like, just a little, just a little tiny... Uh-huh. A little tiny, and then it'll go boom. <laughs> and then other times you'll move it like with the biggest sweeping motion, and it'll move like shoop. And you're like, what? <sighs> so yeah, like keyboard shortcuts are your friend mm-hmm. when you're running a VM. Hey Zach. Hey Sirtis. I genuinely can't remember what we said about zines it was a while ago i think we said zines were cool but um corporate make your own zine kits were kind of eh. yes in fact okay just i just want to make sure because i couldn't remember and i found this really cool zine and i just wanted to make sure that i didn't say anything bad about zines uh but yeah so just just know everyone that uh, zines are cool and a good idea. Support local artists. And yeah, the thing we don't like is uh, zine making kits that are that were just paper and pens. Right. <laughs> and some scissors. Mm-hmm. Unless it's an entire Gutenberg press, I'm not interested. <laughs> Semester of Head First. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to make zines this year. Okay. What should I make my zine about, Zach? Okay. I got to give me a second. I got to figure out how to make it. Fully head first. My best thought currently is that first you tape the letter, like a, a ink block letter, to your head, and then you hit it in the ink, and then you hit it on the paper, and you just kind of keep going like that. Switch out the letters. This is the semester of concussions. <laughs> <laughs> we play in football, boys. Um, Happy Super Bowl day, Zach. <laughs> also, I forgot. Yeah. Happy anniversary, Zach. Thank you. Uh, three is this... something blue? What? Blue? Blue? I don't know. What are the... There's like anniversary. Is it wood, maybe? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what's the third? Third anniversary is uh, leather. Hey, folks. This is Sirtis from the future but still past relative to you. I'm here to tell you that we had to cut a lot out here, uh, but it is available in the after show, which we may or may not be publishing. Bye. (laughs) Welcome to season three, kids. Oh, oh, wait, no, this is season four. Welcome to season four, kids. No holds barred. Uh, Zach, um... So, here's the thing. <laughs> I legit think we should have a private feed. Like, no no relatives allowed. Private feed, because that... <laughs> <sighs> I'll set it up. I don't care. I'll do it. Okay. Who, like, Doesn't we matter. would just hand it out to our friends? Yeah, basically. Like, give them an RSS feed and a password. 
No one would listen, but that's okay. It's out there. Hey, Sirtis. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, uh, themes. Um. Do you, wait, okay, no. I had something I was going to say about zines, but I don't remember what it was. Okay. Um, you were talking about a zine that you thought was cool. Do you want to do you want to name nope. this zine? Okay. Nope. Um next. <laughs> there's only one thing I can assume it was about then. Um uh no, there's like three things at least. I should make a zine about themes. Yeah, that's not an awful idea actually. That would be a great opportunity to bring in like community input. But I can't spend a whole lot of time. Like, we spent a long time describing themes mm-hmm. on the show. So if you had to direct someone to a resource on zines, where would you direct them to? Or not zines, on <laughs> themes. They sound too similar. Mm-hmm. Theme, theme, theme. That's theme. what you would have to call it. Theme. The theme zine. Theme zine. Theme. Wait, did I say theme zine? Oh. Yes, you did. Theme the theme zine. theme zine. Oh god. I think that's that's one of the base pairs in your DNA is theme zine. <laughs> uh it is if you're queer. <laughs> Only queer people make zines, that's a fact. Um No, it's a fact. If it's not made by a queer person, it's not a zine. It's not a zine. Oh, definition by exclusion. I saw a tweet about that. Link if, in the show notes. If if I was going to <laughs> tell someone about themes, I um, would probably encourage them to listen to all of Cortex because apparently there's 96 whole episodes, some of which pertain to themes and the other ones are just interesting. Uh, and that's my final answer. So if someone didn't have enough time to listen to all 96 episodes of Cortex, uh-huh. where would you direct them? There's like a themesystem.com, right? I really hate you. <laughs> really. Gray made a video about themes. Uh-huh. It's like six minutes long, and he just like presents it in like 13 different ways using mm-hmm. a bunch of different metaphors. Right. That all like touch each other like he doesn't say this metaphor is ending and this one's beginning he just like mm-hmm. adds enough metaphors on top of the previous metaphors that you lose the lower sediments of metaphor eventually it's um, a self-supporting system so i i'm curious about which of those metaphors that you found worked for you i think the um knowing which direction you want to point in a branching path like not necessarily having um strict when this happens do this um Mm -hmm. but like having a compass uh is kind of the metaphor that i've been using for a little bit for it and so the way that he talked about branching paths um was interesting and like resonated with me the most and i also was very interested in how he described the like bot that helps you locate the branches of the branching paths Mm -hmm. um because i had never considered that and it made me kind of rethink my themes nice i had something similar uh it was basically that except uh the other one that worked for me was the trend lines like if you have a plot over time Mm -hmm. the trend line made a lot more sense to me um 
it, it, it's just similar to the compass where you're just like heading in a general direction and not in a not to a specific place on the graph um i used to think about themes as the bot that follows you around but not so much anymore was that a conscious change or did it just kind of happen it just kind of happened i don't know exactly why but like i remember very specifically the semester of effort was very much like the bot that followed you around saying hey do you want to go down this path the one that makes you floss every night Mm -hmm. what how did you feel about the resonance metaphor for picking a theme I think the way that I usually do it, it's it's m- like more mind mappy than basically anything else that I think about in my day to day, because it's 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 like a mind map, but I don't know what's at the middle yet. Mm, okay. Um, and so I picked out all of these different things that were like felt like they could go into a theme and then i had to try and figure out what the one thing in the middle was that that they all fit into i guess the resonance one makes sense to me but it's not really the way that i experience it that reminds me of uh i'm totally forgetting the name of it but imagine like it's a math concept imagine you have like a sprinkler the ones that go uh right yeah like a okay yep i'm I'm just gonna assume that everyone knows what i mean <laughs> uh, it, it's like basically impossible to predict where the drops are going to land okay but it is easy if you have data on where the drops land to figure out where the sprinkler is okay that's what it reminds me of. So you have all these like, I want to do this and that and that and this, and you're tracing that all back to one concept. Right. Yeah. I'm not going to do a tangent about sprinkles or sprinklers, I swear. Do it. I think there should be rules <laughs> about where sprinklers can land. And I understand that it's a hard thing to, de- you just told me, it's mathematically hard to determine. Um, but also I can look at a sprinkler and I can be like, dang, look at all the water on the sidewalk from that sprinkler. Guess those people in that house really fucking love pedestrians. Um, <laughs> okay, that's a different thing. You can't, you can determine per, uh, uh, like generally where the, the drops are going to go, but mm-hmm. like pinpointing an exact spot is difficult. But yeah, you should be able to figure out that this is a sidewalk and not the thing you're trying to water. So I think just like you should be responsible for um, not having your sidewalk be icy in front of your house, because that's what the rules are, uh, you should also be responsible for not having your sidewalk be uh, constantly barraged with water on a clear day. Because <laughs> that's bad for the the people using the city's infrastructure. Fair. Um, but I don't know yet who to talk to about making that be a rule but i'm very close <laughs> who do you talk to about making that a rule probably i would start with my alderman nick kovac he's got a twitter um you know what i found out zach so there's a city council in madison right and they have right. they each that's how cities work similar to like a house of representatives they like each represent a district correct like a little area mm-hmm. and on the website they tell you first the email of that person 
Makes sense. Yes. The phone number. Right. Also makes sense. It's probably like an office. Uh-huh. Third, their address. Not not their office address. Correct. Their home address. Right. And the apartment number. So everyone, Certus, um, be sure to write in Certus for the February primary. Um. <laughs> no. No, thanks. Would rather not. That's the real danger of getting doxxed is you, somebody might um, <laughs> might do a write-in. Give me responsibilities. <laughs> uh, does it? Does that resonate with you? It does not resonate with me. The resonance metaphor does not resonate with me, but I can imagine it resonating for someone else, which is why I asked you. Ah, how do you think about that that picking process? Kind of similar to you, except instead of like mind mapping and trying to trace it back, it's more like just kind of writing everything down that I want to change and then seeing if they have and picking one. I suppose, and Mm -hmm. maybe two if I can relate them in some way, but like, I'm going to focus on this this semester, and then I pick a name for it that is just broad enough. And and this semester was actually much broader than usual, I think. Head first Mm -hmm. means basically nothing. Like, it's... I've gotten so many texts that have just been like an image and then semester of head first or like i just purchased a thing semester of head first yeah we're gonna which i guess means it works as a theme <laughs> i guess now would be a good time to do a little check-in uh so as you can see my semester is going very well uh my semester of head first not my actual mm-hmm. school semester that's going terribly <laughs> but i really feel like i'm I'm like really killing it with the semester of head first uh-huh i feel like i'm doing doing it well i'm really going for things yeah and we're, yeah have there been things that you've done that have felt like okay yeah this is what the semester of head first was all about yes and the semester of head first has led me to places that are not that i didn't expect i suppose it's taking me in new directions and i i did not expect it to embolden me so much i feel more confident in my decision making because i can if it goes poorly i can just say oh oh well semester of head first like gotta try things yeah yeah like i i needed a winter jacket because mine is not warm enough and mm-hmm. i i just went to the winter wear store tried on a few coats mm-hmm. picked one and gave them the money for it and then walked away with the coat which like that that would be unthinkable two semesters ago because i would need to like research it for like 10 you know put at least 10 hours into that research process because like i don't know mm-hmm. anything about coats like i have to figure out which one is going to look good which one's going to be warm uh what are the properties that make something warm um versus just like mildly warm right so but no i just walked in bought a coat and it's been working out super well it's a cute coat and i and i like it it's warm Mm -hmm. how's your your semester been going 
so the semester started off um, in a really great way in that I said semester of order and Serta said, that's dumb. Uh, so <laughs> I don't think I said that. <laughs> that's not how you I said, remember it. Because uh, I, I wanted it to be what I said. The semester of segmentation. Right. Which I still don't think is correct, but I also, um, I watched that CGP Grey video and it got me thinking more about what I wanted the semesterly theme to be like. Okay. Um, so to start with, the semester of order has been going really well. Um, I'm doing a good job of keeping things in places. Uh, and the times that I'm not good at that, I'm doing a good job of um, carrying over the rituals from last semester to say like, okay, if I'm sitting at my desk and it's, you know, daytime and the candle is lit, then that means I'm just like sitting here and I'm doing schoolwork because I don't want to have to haul eight books to the library just to study for the day. And so... So I've managed entirely to keep work at work has been really nice. Um, and I'm getting closer to having a consistent schedule with that. Um, I just, you know, made plans for the first couple of weeks of school without knowing what the consistent schedule would look like. So I'll get there. Um, <laughs> school has been mostly at school. Um, and like I said, if I don't want to bring bring a book with me to do the studying i can um kind of try and set myself up in a space that feels like school even if it's still at home hmm. um not like that it physically feels like school but that it mentally feels like school okay yeah yeah that makes sense but also i'm thinking about like the branching paths that uh gray talked about and the little robot to like help you notice i suppose where those paths branch um and to help you make the right decision when they're there and semester of order doesn't do a thing in my brain to say like these actions that we're taking for granted are actually um a series of choices right 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 this is not something i'd prepared but do you remember like three or four years ago um maybe even more thinking about like if i want to be the prophet king if i want to be steve jobs then i need to um you know maximize my everything and a way that i do that is cut down on the decisions i have to make you do the steve jobs thing you wear a turtleneck yes. and blue yes. jeans every single day and then you that's one more decision <laughs> that you don't have to deal with you eliminate that decision fatigue right right um so and i think there is go ahead it's a concept i'm familiar with but uh it doesn't just go (laughs) i'm pretty sure you're gonna say what i want to say um i think that there is a there's a point where like being too caught up in the decisions just gets exhausting and sure. if you can um if you can get home after a long day and know that there's already tiki masala in the fridge or whatever that you can just eat some tiki masala and yeah. not have to like you know um but also it's been three years and maybe i don't want to wear black turtlenecks <laughs> and blue jeans every day anymore um 
everything in my in my closet matches everything else so that I never have to think about it. I can just grab the first shirt and go. Exactly. See, I fixed that by not caring. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just decided that my definition of matches was going to be really, really broad. Um, and I can wear my teal shirt with my uh, checkered red and navy pants. And that's just the look. Right. Yeah. TM. It's not, it, it's not, it doesn't not match. It's just a look. And like, I enjoy that. It's not, most days it doesn't feel super restrictive, but there are like points in my life where I think I would like to improve. And the fact that I set myself up to not have to make decisions is, is a detractor for those improvements. Mm. That makes sense. And it's interesting because I didn't, I never really sat down and thought like, okay, I'm going to eliminate decisions by doing this or that. Um, But it's just something that got absorbed into my consciousness. And so then as I moved through my life and moved through college, especially, I just, you know, fell into routines and um, some part of me was like, that's a, that's a good routine because we're eliminating decision fatigue, which is all a tangent to say, I would like to notice more of those points where it's it's branches and where it's choices because um i think recognizing those choices is probably a good thing and so order is good but maybe as far as recognizing choices that might be a little bit too broad um and so most of the things i want to think about are also contained in a semester of being there or potentially um alternative title semester of being in it okay uh what does that mean to you uh it means a lot of the things that i said last episode um that there are places that are other places and i don't want those oh to, okay like, yeah yeah overlap it sounds like there's a lot more room for like metaphorical being there as well absolutely yeah so this is the semester of this is the semester of order Sub-semester, semester of being there. All right, cool, cool. Um, and I've been time tracking. Whoa, which I whoa, think is whoa. We didn't. Uh, we didn't prepare for this. <laughs> whoa, part of the semester of order. Um, partially because um, when I'm at work and work is at work work i already have to time track just because of the way that the the business is run Mm -hmm. um so if that loop is already in my head it's less work to expand it out and you know um and also i have uh it's some of the questions answered that if i get up and get water i don't have to stop time tracking at work so i also don't have to stop time tracking myself from school right i haven't been doing it for super long i still have an Android phone, and I'm not sure if Toggle will load on it, but now I have more devices that Toggle is happier to interact with, um, so I'm willing to give it another shot. All right, I'll send you some shortcuts. Absolutely, please do. Um, one other thing I was thinking about about themes is that in that, in that CGP Grey video, he talked about the robot, and to kind of signify what theme the robot was pointing towards he gave it like a little hat Mm -hmm. um some sort of iconography 
if you had to give the semester of head first a particular iconography, what do you think it would be? Listeners, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you in on a secret. In my head, in the deep recesses of my brain, uh this semester has been informally known as the semester of full send. So I guess the icon iconography for that would be like the the wooshy send button for like email mm -hmm. and stuff. Like a the paper airplane with the the stuff behind it. Okay. The motion trails. Like we're going head first. Full send. Yeah. Let's do it. And if you don't know what full send means, then like context, I guess. <laughs> Just know it's what the kids are saying. Mm -hmm. You could probably look it up on Urban Dictionary and and get like oh, a God. I don't even want to know. You can get like a, a feel for it scrolling through the first couple entries. Don't trust the first thing on Urban Dictionary, unless it was submitted by us um, about a word that we defined on this program here for you. An action where the consequences are not thought through. A full sender gives no Fs about what might happen after the send, as long as the send is hype and there are cameras rolling. In a sentence... Jesse and Kyle really know how to full send, eh? <laughs> uh, the second definition is not giving an F about the consequences. Going all out for the boys. For the boys. In a sentence. Yo, we going out to the club tonight? Full send, baby! <laughs> baby with an E, like baby, um, is one of my favorite things that has been added to my vocabulary. <laughs> Because it's, like, gender neutral. High quality right there. Sure. Um, Love it. Very, like, context dependent, I think, but also very <laughs> informative. What you mean when you say, like, baby? Because um, it means, like, I'm addressing you a person, but also, like, this thing is happening, you know? It's not like, hey, what do you want to have for dinner tonight, Baby? That's not that's not how you would use that word ever. Um you would say like I'm gonna go eat me some nachos, baby. And that's like, hey, I'm telling you that this is a thing that is happening. What okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like there's some more um oh God, I cannot remember words today. Uh there's some implications to putting baby at the end of I'm gonna go eat nachos. Like it's it's excited. Yeah, it's, right. Um, I'm emphatically telling you I'm going to go eat nachos. Mm -hmm. You specifically, baby. And also a little bit unhinged. <laughs> Just like slightly, <laughs> largely yes. hinged. Yeah. A totally little right. bit unhinged. Perhaps if this is the third time today that I've told you I'm going to go eat nachos, baby. Then there is cause for concern. Or even if it's the first time I'm telling you, the subtext is, I just got done with 10 hours of classes. I'm going to go eat nachos, mm. baby. Yep. Are, are we done with scenes? Because this is a fairly good transition. Yes, we're done with scenes. Oh, God. Themes. <laughs> okay. Themes. Themes. God. Part of the year of Headfirst, speaking of themes and nachos, mm -hmm. 
Part of the year of headfirst is trying to do things that I've been unable to do in the past because of one reason or another. The, the kinds of things that just didn't really fit into a system, and I didn't really give them a fair shake because it didn't really fit into the system that I was working with. Mm -hmm. But trying to expand my system and go headfirst into different systems, uh, one of those things is to track my expenses manually. So instead of paying for everything with tap to pay and letting my bank do all the tracking, I wanted to use cash more and track things in a spreadsheet. Okay. So of course I set up a spreadsheet and some shortcuts, and it's been going pretty well. So a few days ago, I got down. Big sad. Mm -hmm. And to cheer myself up, I ordered a pizza and bread bites from Domino's, which I have saved as an easy order called sad. <laughs> with a lowercase s and a period. <laughs> Does it does it have like Siri integration yet? It does. Can you be like, "Hey Siri, tell Domino's sad." Yep, I definitely could do that. Uh, but uh, basically, I can unlock my phone, open the app, tap to select the order, and then place the order. So that's one swipe and three taps, and a pizza will appear at my door. The feature is here, and it's awesome. Right. I wasn't really in the mood to remember that this is the semester of head first, so I forgot to track that expense. Mm -hmm. And today is Sunday, which is the day I like to get my crap together. I was going through the week and remembered that I forgot to track that expense. Uh, I knew the general price, but I couldn't remember the exact amount of money that I spent on the pizza, like down to the cents. Mm -hmm. So I did what any reasonable person would do. I did the swipe to unlock my phone. A tap to open the Domino's app, a tap to view the sad order, and via some sort of muscle memory bullshit, <laughs> uh, my, <laughs> my finger taps the place order button. <laughs> that was at 10 o'clock this morning. So it turns out it's actually really hard to cancel an order once you place it. So I have a pizza now. Um, it's over here. So this is the first entry. Mm, ASMR. So this is the first entry in what I'm gonna start in what I like to call uh sir, this is a dumb bitch corner. Okay. In which I list and explain the stupid things I do in the past two I did in the past two weeks. Alright. Full send. I have a second I have a second entry for today. This is also related to the semester of uh of head first. <laughs> Uh, I really like reading, uh, like for fun, I, but I just don't, I never felt like I had time. Mm -hmm. And when I did have time, I was usually too tired and just kind of want, just kind of wanted to watch TV because it, it's not as much effort. Right. But the semester of head first commands that I earnestly try to do things that I want to do, but like, quote, didn't have time for. I'm feeling a sense of repetition, perhaps with that definition of the theme how so um i don't know what was the semester of effort oh, okay yeah but like i'm not putting more effort in i'm changing things so that because reading is not actually that much more <laughs> oops <laughs> um The difference is, I'm doing this for fun and not because it's going to make something better. Okay. I, I want to read, mm -hmm. but, and I've convinced myself that 
reading is not what I want to do when I'm tired. But, okay. Like, I actually don't think that's true anymore. But I, it, it doesn't matter. It's different, okay? Okay, so you're... you're. And you know what? It's not a bad thing to have a, sem- uh, a semester that is the same as a, diff- as a different semester. <laughs> okay. Zach. Okay. Since I'm a big fan of the folks at Real AFM, I decided to look through the past Upgradies winner, winners in the book category to find something to read. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were 10 that were pretty interesting, that looked interesting. So I went on Libby, which is an app that automatically finds ebooks in your local library and adds them to your Kindle. But they were all they all either had very long hold lines or were not available as ebooks. Mm-hmm. So I went on the Madison Public Library website and placed holds on the books that I wanted to read. I was in wildly different places in the queue for each of these books, so I figured out they would kind of just trickle in. I I know that assumption. <laughs> And like a day later, <laughs> I get an email that one of my holds is available. And I was like, oh, cool. That was fast. I'll go, get, I'll go there after school today. Um, so I did that. And I find my name on the hold shelf. And all 10 of the books I put a hold on, holds on were there. Oh, physically? Yeah. Wait, what do you mean physically? I thought you, you put them on hold or got in the hold list on your ebooks no no real books real books and they just they just so i bring them up to the checkout thing and uh i just barely fit them all in my backpack (laughs) and i have too many books zach i have four weeks right not counting like renewals and whatnot right and actually i can feasibly read this many books in four weeks Mm -hmm. but my brain is broken Okay, that, and that's basically the end of Sirtis is a Dumb Corner, and now we're going to move into Please Help Me Read All These Books Corner. Okay. Uh, I, my brain is broken and thinks that doing things passively and for enjoyment is necessarily bad. Ah, okay. So how can I, A, fix that, or B, uh, convince my brain that reading is an active thing and enjoying things is not bad? Or perhaps this is not a thing I'm doing for enjoyment, despite you enjoying it. Do you have access to a treadmill? No. Okay. Do you have Good idea, though. access to an elliptical? <laughs> no. This one's a long shot. Do you have <laughs> access to a rowing machine? <laughs> Rowing machine is the least good out of those because, like, you're, like, going forward and backward and forward and backward. I'd be reading, like, one word at a time. You could... No. A stationary bike would be good, but Mm -hmm. I don't have one of those either. (laughs) Full send, buying a stationary bike. Absolutely. Sign me up for for the uh, pyramid scheme, Peloton. It's a pyramid scheme? It's a multi-level marketing scheme. I thought it was just a bike. (laughs) No, because you, okay, so they'll, you buy the thing, right? Uh Uh-huh. And then 
if you're good at it, they'll be like, you should be a coach. This is my understanding of it, at least. Okay. Uh, this might be wrong. This is what someone else told me. You're good at this. You should become a coach. And uh, you can get paid to be a coach as long as you have this many people following, like doing your, doing your, or uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, what's the, riding with you, being coached by you. Right. But everyone, like when you sign up for the service, finds a coach right so the only way to get people to be coached by you is to get everybody's already got their black to... turtlenecks they're not gonna s- switch to a different coach yeah so you have to get new people mm-hmm. and if you get new people you get start getting paid and when the people you coach start getting coat or start becoming coaches you get paid more Oh, that's the that's the part that's real sketch. Why yeah. do the people you coach get you money when they co- like once they because start it's a coaching pyramid scheme, Zach? Once they start coaching, they're no longer being coached by you because they're the coach. No, no, they do. <laughs> that's a pyramid scheme. No, Zach, it's a multi-level marketing scheme. That's a pyramid scheme. I was because because you were describing a thing and I was like, well, that sounds sketch, but it doesn't sound like actually awful for people. Um, The reason that I thought the Peloton was canceled. (laughs) Oh, yeah, the commercial was the commercial. And um, they constantly park their delivery trucks in the bike lane. (laughs) No. What? What? And they brick their software like a year and a half in. Peloton is canceled. And not just for being a multi-level marketing scheme. Okay, so those are all off the table. Um, so my best idea right now is to just, like, take very loose notes and treat it kind of like a Worrying Bugs book club where I'm, like, gearing up to talk talk about it afterwards. Okay. But also, that's not. That does not ruin my enjoyment of the book, which is good. Mm-hmm. How, however, it doesn't address the, the problem. <laughs> it, it's just kind of fixing a symptom mm-hmm. of the problem, which is my brain does not want to read things for fun. Right. You know how. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry, just cut this out. You don't need to. It's up to you. Certus, you decide. You know how kindergarten was to make good little efficient factory workers? Sure. Sure. Modern. But just for Jared's that don't know that, what are you talking about? Kindergarten, like, I don't know, the the whole primary education system was to make good little factory workers because you you'd learn how to do the thing and then you... You're a little factory worker. That's how you do it. My theory is that the structure of um, modern colleges, modern higher education institutions, um, mm-hmm. with their expectation of at least uh, 15 credits a semester and, um, you know, whatever the math is, it 15 credits usually works out to about 60-ish 
hours between the time that they expect you to study um, and the time that you should be spending in class. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like three hours per credit outside of class. Right. Or something like that. Yeah. Per day. Yeah. So sure. Okay. 60 hours, you know, whatever. Yeah, people do that. People do that. like not a super healthy work thing, but, Um, you know, people do that. And then probably if you aren't um, in a extremely privileged position, you're working at least part time while you're in college in your higher institution, higher education institution. Um, No shade. So it's just to make white collar factory workers. This is not news to anyone. (laughs) Right. Uh But I'm upset about it. And it's, I don't know, become very apparent to me recently how much it's, like, designed to fuck up your concept of a work-life balance. Mm, okay, yep, didn't think about that in particular way before. So I have a question. And maybe you're equipped to answer, answer this and maybe you're not. Okay. But is it designed to be that way or did, did it emerge that way? I'm willing to play with you in that space, but I also think at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter as long as that's where it's at now. Sure. Yeah, of course. But like, did someone say, did uh, Carnegie go to the college board and be like, the Carnegie did not do any white collar things. Um, Did Goldman Sachs go to the college board and be like, we need people who will literally dedicate they will lay down their lives for this company or did the people who will lay down their lives for the company get hired more colleges saw that data and started doing things to produce more people like that that one sounds more likely the latter and also Mm -hmm. that like the expectations that goldman sachs has maybe i don't know i don't think Uh, that was just i don't think highly know anything about majors but um (laughs) That, like, a local hospital might have for somebody graduating with a bachelor's degree is far higher now because we know a lot more about medicine. But if you want to get it done in four years, because the economic incentive is to get it done in four years, um, you need to just Mm -hmm. work yourself to the bone. And I don't know about you, but, like, the promise is that, like, the promise I hear is that once you get into, like, a real job... And not school, like, things will calm down. Like, you will not have 60-some-hour yeah. work weeks because, like, you don't need to take it home with you. Do you think that is accurate for you? For me and for the job I'm currently doing, yes. But from the Twitter Silicon Valley discourse, it sounds like there are a lot of businesses and a lot of, like, geographic localities where that's not the expectation. So how do I like books? How do I get to like books? You... How does how do I fight? How do I fight this? I system? don't know. That's so. That's the whole. That's the whole semester of being there. Is that when I'm there? Meaning not at school. I want to be there, not at school, and not have the little loop in my brain saying, "Well, don't you have more work you could be doing?" I want to just be like, "Hey, I'm done with my work today, and I have all tomorrow to get the next bit of work done." Um. <laughs> but 
based on the fact that I have spent all of yesterday and will be spending um, the rest of today once we finish this call on homework, that's not, you know, fully coming to real realization in the first couple weeks of the semester of being there. So my answer is tough it out, I guess. <laughs> and sorry. <laughs> Okay, cool. I I think I'm gonna maybe I'll like read a book and take notes and like slowly wean myself mm -hmm. off of the notes. Okay, so we have a few listeners that are not in college, right? And you, if you are one of those people, you might not be, you might not understand, like what we're talking about. Like, what do you mean? That your brain is broken because of school? Like you can't read now? Can you imagine? A, I can imagine a line of thinking along those lines. Yeah. There, there, there could be a person who didn't, didn't have their head in that space. Zach and I are being genuine. Like we... I don't know how to say this without sounding like conceited. I think partially that there are other experiences of college. But... You and I came into this with the idea that we were A students, and so we were just going to be able to keep doing the same amount of work and keep being A students. What happened to you? Um, did you continue being an A student, or did you put more work in? Because it sounds like they can't both be true. Right, yes. I put more work in. <laughs> some, it, it is true for some people, I will say that. Um, I know some people, I know a very specific person who, like does the exact same amount of work which is basically nothing and gets got straight a's so like are zach and i stupid no i don't think so at least i mean zach's not stupid i very much am that's what the whole point of this segment i think i think dumb bitch energy and stupid are different things though fair you can be very yep. smart and still have dumb bitch energy <laughs> I hope. <laughs> I, yeah. So that is what's going on. So if you are thinking, this, that was not my experience of college. Correct. <laughs> you are not us. And like, uh, it's not just me and Zach. Just rest assured that perhaps things have changed since you were, have been in college. Or perhaps you were just in a different situation. Maybe you're just, like, way smarter than me and Zach. It's possible. Highly possible. So, Zach, I have a question about... Uh, I want to go back to your uh, semester of being there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said that you don't want to think about school when all your homework is done. Like, your homework is done, that little loop in your brain going, hey, we should do more work. You can calm that by saying, like, okay, no, we have all the work done. Mm -hmm. or you want you want that to be the case that you can do that mm -hmm. i have a question about your forecasting method so to say that we are done with homework for today you have to be able to see everything you need to do in the near future right so what do you uh what does that look like for you currently um i've got so that uh all of that stuff is chilling into todoist um, most of my classes are once a week, 
Um, so I usually don't have things that like are going to pop up on a Monday and be due by Wednesday or anything like that. Um, if they're due, okay. I'll have at least a week of, of lead time to figure them out. Um, so I've got a today view and that is largely the list of everything that I could start today. Right. Everything that I could start today. Okay. So, like, if I have a class on geographic information systems, the day after that class, the reading for next week's class will pop up in the Today View. Okay. Um, and so that's a lot of things. So um, part of that is I filter down to just things that are school-related. And then another part is most days, if I get the chance, um, I try and be more realistic kind of um i'm realistic but i err on the side of optimism that i'd rather have things like still in my system but have an awareness of everything that's due tomorrow is done for example and so then i will prune the list a little bit down to things that i think i can do Along with things that are definitely due by the next day or the next two days. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. I just ask because I'm curious and I've been, uh-huh. obviously, I've been reordering my system. And the one thing I've been struggling with so far is my old system had a very strict, because it was so strict, it was very easy to see like, okay, yeah, these are the things that are going to be due in the next couple of days. And these are the things I have to get done in the next couple of days. But I've been finding that more difficult because I visit that, like, this is what's due section less. And it takes a little bit of time being conscious about it every day. Sure. That's something, like, that I just need to be aware of in the mornings. And I can tell when it's a day that I had, uh, uh, like, my morning was a little disrupted and I didn't get a chance to do that. Another aspect of um acting in really far into the microphone and like I don't know what this is, but it's gonna be good. Let's go. Another aspect of my mornings um is that a lot of them I will go through my emails, um, probably look at um some like RSS feed reader stuff. I might look at Twitter for a minute, but I try not to, uh, because Twitter always makes me sad about the state of American politics. Um Today, I did not prune my system and instead scrolled on Twitter. So, (laughs) I am not in a space where I feel super confident about the state of American politics. Or your to-do list, apparently. Uh, Yeah. The to-do list, (laughs) it'll happen. It'll get done, you know. American Uh politics, also out of my hands, apparently. Um, Whoa. You don't say. And this has kind of been uh, uh, a low-lying anxiety. Um, just kind of vibing in my brain, as it does. Um, and was, the, was perhaps the lens through which I um, came upon the account A Crime a Day, which lists uh, different rules so that you might break them, is the implication. Um, 
So this account, let's see what the most recent one was. Um, uh, link in the show notes. Link in the show notes. Absolutely. So let's see. Um, USC. I'm not sure what the C stands for. US code um, section 1233, section 1232 G, and 49 CFR section uh, 575-103-E-12-F makes it a federal crime for a slide-in camper maker to sell a camper without this illustration in the manual. And the illustration is <laughs> that of um, the proper truck and camper match. Um, talking about the gravity uh, placement of the camper and um, of the truck bed. Okay, so just to be clear, though, Zach, mm-hmm. you are physically incapable of breaking this rule. Correct. But maybe I'm not physically incapable of breaking 21 USC section section uh, oh sections thir- 331, 333, 333, 333, 333, 333, 333, 333, 333, 333, 333, 333, 333, 333, 333, 21 CFR section 136.10.110.110C17, which make it a federal crime to add colored butter to buns, bread, or rolls if the intensity of the butter color exceeds medium high when viewed under diffused light. Now, don't worry, that's 7400 Kelvin against the Munsell butter color comparator. These are some crimes I've just listed. Um, in case you were wondering what you, what what crimes you could get up to, um, these are three wonderful examples of crimes you could get up to. I love this. And you might think, now Zach, if I wanted to commit this crime, I would need to know what color I'm not allowed to have my butter be. Right? That's an important yep. question. Uh-huh. Um, like probably it couldn't be blue, but I've never seen the Munsell butter com- color comparator. Um, what colors are listed on it that I might compare my butter? It might be blue. That might be, you know, there, we used to have pink margarine and, um, oh, this must be an old, uh, version of the document because the new version makes it a federal crime to add colored butter or margarine to buns, bread, oh rolls. Um, they might've had to condense it for, for Twitter. And I thought, well, that's a great question. Um, I, too, would like to know about the rules of buttercolor, because um, that's just kind of, you know, uh, that's that's my zone. So I went searching for the Munsonell buttercolor comparator and discovered only this document and a Twitter account that somebody renamed their Twitter account to be Munsonell buttercolor comparator. <laughs> You'll notice uh, strikingly absent from that list is uh anything from Munsnell the color <laughs> comparing company. So then you go, okay, what is this then? Like what's this all about? Um you go and you look up Munsell 
I am going to mess up saying this again later, probably inevitably, but it's M-U-N-S-E-L-L. There's only one N. And it turns out that some dude at some college figured out um, that there's a couple different ways that you can talk about color, um, put it up in this nice little chart, and then he was like, it's a sphere. And then he was like, never mind, you can't put uh, color onto a three-dimensional thingama, probably for the same reason that um, it's always the same temperature on two sides of a sphere at the same time. I'm not sure. I didn't um, read the math. Um, So anyway, this guy figured out how to do color, and then he was like, hey, the U.S. government. Um, would you like to trust me for all of your color products? So if you go to Munsell Color Products on their website, um, you can find their color standards. Um, and within that, there's the USDA soil color standard, the neutral value gray scales. Um, uh, there's an electrical power industry standard, an ANSI color standard, and then something called government color standards. And I'm thinking, well, this is probably something related to the government. So I click it and you get all of the sure, same things. Yeah. I've clicked on as well. There's no new information. All of their color standards are apparently (laughs) government color standards, except for government color standards, because that would be recursive. Okay, so, oh God, okay, there's a lot of Googling to be done here, Zach. Don't worry, I've done it. What's your question? Okay. (laughs) Where's the butter? Where is the butter? Excellent question. So we're going to look at... um, this document real quick uh this there'll be a link um i can send it to you so this is a standards of identity document um first published in 1977 uh most recently updated um in 1998 uh it details oh my god the permitted ingredients <laughs> of bread rolls and buns um most of this is pretty standard fare you okay. can put flour you can put water you can put yeast um the ingredients that they list here must make up at least 62 percent of the total solids in your bun or bread um you can do some egg products if you want there's you know all sorts of zach yeah i implore you uh-huh to have to throw a party in which you give everyone illegal pastries <laughs> you must i i'd must yeah you're right <laughs> I will figure out a way to get to Milwaukee if you throw this party. So you scroll down um, from the Code of Federal Regulations, Title 21, Food and Drugs, section, um, subsection C-17, and you see that there's a little bit more context uh, to this. So you may not add um, color as such or as part of another ingredient except as permitted by paragraph C-16 of this section. C-16 specifies spices, spice oil, and spice extract. Um, and end of paragraph by the way there <laughs> they could have just said <laughs> well no because 16 is permitted and so they're saying right. you can't color unless it's something that's already permitted because of c16 okay and accept that coloring which may be present in butter and margarine so if you have margarine and you want to turn it yellow you can add that kind of color but not if the intensity of the butter or margarine color exceeds medium high when viewed under diffused light against the Munsell butter color comparator. Um, This medium high designation, now this is some information that wasn't in the tweet, this medium high designation corresponds with the Munsell renotation of 3.8Y 7.9 slash 7.6. And you say, what? And again, you go Googling, trying to find the 
Munsell butter color comparator because why would this federal regulation last updated 22 years ago uh, mention this non-existent document? <laughs> so you try and figure out uh, what, those, what those numbers mean. We've got a 3.8Y, 7.9, 7.6. Uh, know, a lot like hex codes. It does sound a lot like hex codes, but it's not... Dang. Um, it's, it corresponds to the hue, which is 3.8 yellow, the value, or the brightness, which is 7.9, and 7.6 would be the chroma, or uh, what I usually call the saturation. So that's how far away it is from, like, gray. So it can't be more intense than that? It can't be more intense than this particular value and chroma of yellow so it must be yellow and it must be less intense and less saturated it must be less high on the munsell butter comparator than medium high (laughs) for all i know medium low is blue it might be blue it's probably not i will admit it's probably not blue but it might be Okay, yeah, no, I'm looking at a chart here. Who's going to tell me? Is a lawyer going to walk in and be like, Hi, I'm Mr. Munsell, the lawyer now. <laughs> okay, so if you combine this yellow with, what, what are the numbers? Um, it's actually fairly bright yellow. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's like a, it's like a kind of a pastel yellow. Maybe a little darker than a pastel, mm-hmm. but like it has that kind of saturation. Yeah. So, okay, who does this really affect in all actuality? Um, <laughs> People who are trying to throw are, yeah, I mean, yeah, crime parties. But, like, if I'm making a bun, probably I can just make a bun, right? Like, who's going to really care? If I, if I am making a, a hamburger to sell in uh, the Packers Stadium, um, I'm going to make a green and gold bun. And no one's going to stop me because why would the FDA care about that? (laughs) So (laughs) this document still exists. This standard of identity is still chill in here, even though it's uh, ancient and irrelevant. And Munsell no longer makes the butter color comparator. If I had to guess as to why, they still do make things for other branches of the government, but they no longer make... Um, any comparators that I can see uh, for the FDA, probably because they were no longer in use. Um, they were no longer making Munsell any more money, and they were like, well, this is a lot of work to continue producing this thing um, that no one's purchasing, so we're going to stop making the Munsell butter compar- color comparator, and now you look at this this document from the 1977 and there's no way to know what colors buns in 1977 were allowed to be unless you go on ebay oh my god (laughs) no i looked you can't uh oh no oh that's so sad okay but we like Probably could find out what that color is, Zach. We can find out what medium is. We can find out what medium well, high is. 
we cannot mm-hmm. know what low or medium low are. Why? Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, we can't get the full chart, but we can figure out what color it has to be less intense than. It's like, okay, so 3.8 yellow is on the red side of yellow. Mm-hmm. And, like I said, that pastel kind of color. So if I had to guess, can I, like, I can just pull up a color selector, right? Here we go. Thanks, Google. The Library of Congress does not have a butter color comparator. No. I'm going to screenshot this and send it to you. Okay. This is my best guess. I could get the the saturation in, and brightness right, but the the 3.8 yellow is difficult. Mm-hmm. I'm also not certain that it's out of 10 either. It's out of, well, five is in the middle. Okay. That's what I have found through my 30 seconds of research. Five, five yellow is like perfect yellow. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. Because five yellow red is orange. So it's halfway between, it's like, okay, yeah, no, my estimate was off then. It's way more yellow than orange this is too green you can get like a munsell color renotation converter see the issue is zach Mm -hmm. that they don't like they say it can't be more intense than this pastel yellow but they don't say what happens if you make it blue right my guess is that the munsell butter color comparator exists on an axis of butter color intensity yeah but it's like it still wouldn't tell you what happens if you make it blue we could get purple spices and marginally (laughs) intense blue butter marginally intense marginally intense marginally intense blue butter (laughs) and make us a legal blue bun Anyway, all that I'm saying is that we already have, <laughs> like, a Department of the Interior, a Department of Defense, uh-huh. a Department of uh, Agriculture. Why yeah. not have a Federal Department of Color? So, Zach, we have a few minutes left. I just want to say that I fixed my internet. I'm very proud of myself. Okay. Okay, so the linen closet downstairs, right? Right. That had the internet in it. Yep. The internet and linen closet. We used to get our internet through the coax, mm-hmm. and we live up, so the internet comes in in the coax, gets split up to the other apartments, yeah, and gets sent up via coax to our apartment. Right. And then we had a modem that converted the coax into something that the router could interpret, and then the router gave it to everyone else. Mm-hmm. So... We, so I, I did this. Our internet was getting flaky. I don't know why. Okay. I have an idea now, but we didn't know why at the time. But as a way to eliminate possibilities, I said to my roommates, hey, sorry, the internet's going to be down for a little while, and then unplugged everything and uh, took it downstairs Mm -hmm. into the basement. So I plugged the modem in, and I took out the... The coax jack that went up to our apartment and put it into the modem directly. Okay. And then I plugged the modem into 
the the networking switch that is that that connects the Ethernet ports in my apartment to each other. And then I pl- went back upstairs and plugged the router into the Ethernet port, and everything has been rock solid. It has not gone down once since I did that. The only thing that changed is the location of the modem. Right. And the means by which the signal gets to my apartment. So anyway, so I've determined that the problem lied somewhere in the coax connection from the basement to my apartment. Mm -hmm. So we're just cutting that out of the whole system, and I expect to have good internet forever. And uh, if you are at all affiliated with um, my landlord, you're not allowed to listen to this. I will personally ban you from the podcast, (laughs) because I'm not really sure if I'm supposed to be in that room. I had to, like, jiggle the lock a little bit. (laughs) In a a wonderful and non-incriminating way that you can edit out if you need to, what do you mean, jiggle? I mean, it's a very old door, and it could have just been stuck. Okay. That's that's all right. (laughs) That's that's, uh, what's it called? Um, Probable... Uh, plausible deniability. Yeah. I thought it was just stuck. Yeah. It was stuck in this one place, like, there was a deadbolt going through, and the deadbolt <laughs> kept getting stuck in the rest of the door frame. <laughs> and now, a PSA from the Worrying Bugs. This information from the United States government is current as of April 1st, 2019. This has been a PSA from the Worrying Bugs. Jared, if you have more laws that you want us to break, or if you can't say that one, can't call back to the first half of the things that we recorded, um, sure you can. Go for it. (laughs) Oh, wait, no, never mind. (laughs) Let me cut that out. (laughs) Or if you would like to send us a podcast anniversary gift, 